What's up, everybody? BTM here. We've got another commentary. Uh, we're going to be doing a Freddy movie. And you know what? It wasn't just us who delegated this particular movie, Zach and I, because we did a... Except particular. Particular? Yes. We did a particular poll, you see, yesterday. And uh, I don't know why we even did a poll, because... Looking back on it, it was Zach's idea, and it was kind of stupid because he's like, hey, let's make a poll. Let's let the fans choose between shitty number five or really good number one. I'm like, all right. No, well, see, I actually just, I, I wanted to do number one instead, and we never do original ones. We always do those, like, last. We always save those. Like, what are you going to say about the original that hasn't been said? All the classics. And uh, I just wanted to do that one, and I knew it would probably win, so I, I said the this idea. That was your way of sabotaging things. I mm -hmm. get it. Well, like I said, it goes without saying. Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, it won by a fucking landslide. So here we are doing it. But that doesn't mean you're getting off that easy because we will eventually do part five. And it'll be the fucking last of the Mohicans. It'll be the last one we have to get to. I can't believe we did the fucking remake over five. You know, I can't believe it. We might have did the remake first. Sadly. Yeah, we were being extra fucking hip, man. We were like, we're going to do a shitty remake first. Because <laughs> we went through a phase where we just really wanted to do movies we wanted to shit on. Yeah. But every now and again, though, it's really cool to do a movie that we dig. Uh, as I was telling Zach before we even started recording, we tend to have two different types of podcasts, you know. Uh, and if we would have done Friday, uh, sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, it would have been a podcast type A where we wouldn't have talked about the movie the whole time. We would have bullshit and done other stuff. This is type B, where we're actually going to have things to talk about, I think, because there's tons of trivia about it. It's a movie we all love. Um, yeah, I, Zach loves it. I love it. It's It'll be a good, fun time. But uh, off the top here, I want to let everybody know again, we're getting closer and closer to Halloween. As of this recording, it is October the 19th. Um, I think by the time it goes up, what does this go up on like the 24th or something, something like that. Uh, oh, it'll, as of this listening, as of today in one week, it'll be Halloween, right? So mm -hmm. Zach, I think the time we kind of settled on, I think we should make it official here. You know, my understanding and my logic of it is we want to be able to please as many people as possible, given that, uh, we have time zones, right? And there's a bit of a three hour gap from East coast, um, to where I'm at mountain time. But then actually, I'm sorry, you got like California time Pacific, man. We're talking like three, four hour gap here. So I'm thinking going off of central time. I don't think we should go any later than say 11 PM for people on the East coast. Don't you think that'd be pushing it, Zach? If we went later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with that said, I think we should do uh, 9 p.m. Central Time. All right. Because 9 p.m. Central Time will be 11 Eastern. It'll be... Uh, am I getting fucking confused again? No, wait. I'm getting confused. My bad. It'll be 10. 10 Central Time. Because 10 Central Time will be 11 Eastern Time. And that will be 8 p.m. Mountain time. That's where I'm located. And then 7 p.m. for, I think, uh, Pacific time. So let's call that official. We're going to do it 
10 p.m. Central Time. Are you good with that, Zach? That's fine with me. Are, are you going to be available? You just kind of had a sigh about you. I want you to be happy. No, that's fine, babe. That's fine, babe. I think it makes the most sense. But like I said, this is what we're kind of putting our foot down on right now. But let us know in the comments. By the time you guys are hearing this, we got a whole week. I think we're pretty much stuck on this. So just let us know what you think, though. Uh, and as far as the movie we're going to do, Zach, you know, Night of Living Dead is, is so easy to do as the first one because it's public domain. We'll be Are we going to be able to make it to where we can have the picture in the live stream, too? Like have our faces and also have the film in there? Yep. So if that's the case, maybe we should do a public domain movie like Night of Living Dead. So at least for our first one, right? We wanted to go with that a hitch. We're we're doing two, baby. We're what we're doing? What we're doing two movies, baby? No, 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 no. I mean, if we're gonna pick one, who knows? It might go long. But if we are just gonna do one, maybe since it's our very first live stream, is what I mean. Oh, we want it, we want it to go off without a hitch, and I think it'd be better to have a movie that we're a hundred percent sure that we can play, mm-hmm. and we don't want any hiccups, and we'd hate for us to do something like Hellraiser, which was very heavily considered because it's easily obtainable right now for people to watch. Uh, but I'd hate for the people that can't watch the live stream to go to check it out after it's been posted after the fact and it got shut down. I, you know, I don't want that to happen either. Uh, another thing though, to address is since it is readily available and it's a public domain, I'm assuming Zach is the original nine Eleven dead on YouTube. It's gotta be probably. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, we'll get that figured out by the time this posts, and we'll have to put some links up in this uh, video description. So if you're listening to this, check check below in the YouTube link, and we'll get it figured out for you, and we'll, we'll show you where you can watch it. You know what I say, though? I say fuck you. We, we, we do uh, the original Halloween instead. Oh, motherfucker. Really? I don't know. Yeah, it just seems right to me. Yeah, but what are we going to do when we post it, though? We'll just put a still image, the poster artwork. So... Fuck me, man. So now we don't know what we're doing again. See, I'm all about resolution and getting this figured out. All right. So let's look at option A. So what we are we are decided on is the time. 10 p.m. Central. Bam. Great. Okay. Movie. If we did, for example, Night of the Living Dead, I don't even know why I was talking about is the movie available. It's public domain, so we'd have the movie in the fucking monitor with us. So we would have it there for everybody. Great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now, Halloween... It would be on the viewers and the listeners to watch along with us, and we'd have a still image, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But isn't Halloween streaming on Shutter right now, or is it on Prime? It's on Shutter. Okay. So what we're going to do is, at least we got the time locked down. Put that on your calendars. Halloween night, 10 p.m. Central Time. As far as the movie, we're going to narrow it down to those two. And how about, Zach, we do another poll leading up? <laughs> That's what we'll do. So it's down to, would you guys rather have fucking uh, Night of the Living Dead? And think about that in post when it goes up after the, the live showing. We'll have the video for you to watch. Because if we do Halloween, we're not going to do it. And you guys are just going to have to watch along. So I'm cool with whatever. Which is how they always do it. So I'm sure they're fine with it by now. Yeah, you got a point. So we're just going to leave it up to you guys. Uh, can we do polls that run a week or do you want to do a 24 hour one? Can we do a week long poll? Yeah. Okay. So when this video goes up, there's also going to be a poll for those two movies and we're going to put, uh, I guess we could 
we can do we're gonna do one on Facebook we'll do one on Twitter we'll do one on Instagram I guess and I guess uh there's no way to, to do one on YouTube right we can just kind of tally up votes on YouTube ah uh, we can't do it on Instagram either we can't no no votes hmm. okay well we'll do Twitter We'll do Facebook, and uh, you can cast your vote in the comments of this video on YouTube as well, and we will tally up every single one of them. So you guys be the judge. You let us know. And I agree Halloween is definitely appropriate. I'm just thinking the practicality. So let us know, and we will do whatever you guys want us to do. All right, so no more bullshit. We are going to get going. Uh, Zach, is this a DVD rip? It's my Blu-ray rip, baby. All right, I'm zeroed out, and it's like straight up on the red line. You know that little intro, New Line Cinema? We're on all balls. All balls. All right, so we're going to go in three, two, one, play. Hell yeah. Love this intro, man. This is the same one that's on Critters. Critters is my shit. Did you see that... uh, the same guy that uh, directed the new Halloween wants to reboot Critters, potentially? Or Ghoulies? Yeah, I saw that. It better not be fucking CG. I always love the scene, though. It is cool. This gets you excited for the movie. I remember as a kid, I always wanted to have my own Freddy glove. I used to ask my dad, like, can you make me a Freddy glove? And I, I said, it shows you how to in a movie. I can just give it, I can just show <laughs> you the first part of the movie. It shows you how to. It's an in-depth tutorial on how to do it. Do you remember? I used to rent Freddy's Dead. Do you remember the uh, uh, commercial in front of Freddy's Dead uh, that had the hotline? You could call the order of Freddy glove. Yep. Dude, I, I wanted to do that so bad. I don't remember how much it cost, but I think it was legit. Yeah, you could win one. I think it was it was like a contest, and it was signed by Robert England. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Let me turn this down. So, there's so much to talk about this movie. The one thing I want to say, though, is I, I think it's easy to forget uh, the impact this movie would have had when it mm-hmm. first came out. Obviously, I wasn't around quite yet. Zach wasn't around quite yet when it hit. Uh, but when this first dropped, Freddy wasn't the cultural phenomenon he was. Now it's like, oh, we think of Freddy, and he's had more movies where he's been sticky and one-liners and silly. Erase all that, because when this movie came out, Freddy wasn't a thing. Introducing Johnny Depp. Introducing Johnny Depp. Uh, well, there's something I want to talk about after that, too, really quick. Let me finish this. Oh, Charles Flesher. There's uh, Roger Rabbit himself, uh, which I love that movie, too. But no, when this came out, no, Freddy wasn't established. Nobody knew who he was. So this was like a true scary monster movie. And throughout the whole movie, you kind of see him minimally. And he's kept in the shadows like you just saw there because they really want to treat it like an old school reveal. And it makes him fucking scary. Uh, and so if you can kind of forget that every sequel exists and watch it with sort of like uh, fresh eyes and baby eyes, it's a pretty creepy movie. Mm-hmm. And you're like two seconds ahead of me, but it's okay. How am I two seconds ahead of you? We start at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. You said you could see the red line. I couldn't yet. Oh, that's so weird. Uh, <laughs> my fucking it. My movie's fine, but my clock is not running. It's so weird. That's all right. I'll I'll pause for one, two counts. All right. Okay. Hopefully it doesn't buffer. 
No, I'm at Charles Bernstein. Is that where you're at? Yeah, that's where I am. Now we're, we're watching the movie uh, live, pretty much. It's, uh, it's mind-boggling. That's so funny because, like, my, my time meter, my clock, is just zero zero. So I have no idea, but whatever. I know the movie pretty well. Hopefully that doesn't fuck us over. And, like, sometime in the middle, it just, like, fucks up. It'll be fine, brother. But, you know, what's funny is you mentioned introducing Johnny Depp. One of the one of the many facts about this movie is his relation to Jack O'Hare. Fucking, ugh, I can't say his fucking name. Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. That's a tongue twister. The fact that they were connected and they were cronies and they went to oh no Johnny Depp. The way I understand it, didn't he accompany Jackie to this because he wanted to audition? Yeah. And then. Wes Craven said, no, Jackie, fuck, man. You just got shitty reboot written all over you. You know, we'll call you in 30 years. But you. You got bootleg Freddy written all over your fucking face, you uh, pretentious fuck. But we want this pretty boy here, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So how things would have changed. And I wonder what role Jackie was going for. Probably the same. You really think so? Uh, He was probably about the same age. So, yeah, maybe. Mm, I guess. Maybe he could have been, uh, I don't know. I just, he doesn't seem, I don't know. Maybe the script didn't call for like a pretty boy type. Maybe they saw Johnny Depp and that changed their mind. Like, hey, we got to get this guy. Mm-hmm. Fun fact about that shot where uh, like he disappears and then she like kind of steps up and then he he's behind her in the dream the last couple seconds of the dream. And on the VHS version, uh, as soon as that shot like begins, like where she starts kind of nudging forward, you can see Robert England in the very bottom, kind of bent over. It's kind of funny. Oh, cool! But it's only in the letterbox or the uh, the fucking square aspect ratio version. Interesting. You know, speaking of what I was talking about earlier, how, you know, you have to kind of imagine yourself seeing this when it first came out, you know, my parents, my mom always tells a story about uh, my mom and dad. They went and saw this in theaters opening weekend. And my dad used to say straight up like that movie was fucking scary as shit. (laughs) He's like, it was, it was scary. Like when he's like, I remember when we got home from that, man, it it fucked with you a little bit. It stayed with you. It was pretty powerful. And it was, uh, like I said, it wasn't, you didn't necessarily think it was going to turn into the giant franchise it did, and you didn't think, you know, Freddy Krueger was going to be marketed and pimped out and hoard out like he was and have rap albums and all that shit, but this movie as a standalone, man, is really great, and it's it's kind of a shame, man, because sometimes I hate it. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, it being franchised out and milked to death, it probably has something to do with our love for Freddy, obviously, because... You know, when we were little kids, we loved the shitty Freddy's Deads and all that stuff. We loved the merchandise. We loved the video game shit. You know, it, it made it made people that weren't supposed to be watching the movie, aka little guys like us, get to know it, and we were introduced to it. So, for that reason, it's great. But man, part of me wishes franchising didn't exist because this movie would be so fucking good as a standalone. Hell yeah. I don't know, I like part twos, too, and part trees. No, me too. I Well, then maybe it uh, should have stayed a trilogy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you fuck up. Trying to uh, rewrite history, take get rid of my part twos and trees. Part four wasn't uh, terrible. No, part four is... Part, I, I'd say part four is pretty good. I, I like part four. Mm-hmm. I like it I like it quite a bit. It's got uh, uh, Rennie Harlan, his... his 
his direction on it's unique. It's got its own flair to it. And then as we all know, part five is A's personified. Absolutely. Well, as as per your votes, you guys told us that. Because <laughs> you guys didn't want to watch it. Exactly. Plus, it's got the kid from Jurassic Park, you know. That isn't very scary. He plays the dream child. Yeah, that ugly little bitch. Ugly fucking kid. Yeah, I think we went off on that one time. I think we were doing the Freddy's Dead commentary, and we were talking about uh, having to do five one day. And we're like, yeah, that ugly kid. He's got luggage under his eye. Those fucking bags under his eyes. He's all in luggage, baby. He's been doing meth for eight straight days. Hasn't slept. Yeah. That movie. But, uh, no, man. I haven't, I know this movie fucking really well. I mean, I've seen it my whole life, but it's actually been a while since I watched it. And it's one of those things where it's, it's the same logic of why it took us so long to do this installment on the podcast. I kind of have that same mentality when it comes to watching it these days. It's kind of the, one of the last movies I go to in the series to watch because I've seen it so many times. Right. Mm. And I forget how good it really is. You know, even even in my personal life, I'm like, yeah, let's watch two instead. I want to watch. I want to watch four. You know, mm-hmm. and at three is the same way. Like I don't watch three as much anymore because one and three, they're the most fucking revered, and I've seen them so much. Exactly, and that's what happens. You, you can't you can't fall into that cycle. You gotta watch this one and uh, part three sometimes. Those are the good ones, babe. The basic ones. You know what's funny is I keep saying we've done every single one now except for five, but I forget it was part four that we did on Josh James's R-rated horror channel, right? Yes. So now Zach and I both were a part of part four on his channel, which turned out phenomenal. So you can always go and listen to that. But technically on this channel, we still have four left. Now, maybe that'll be one we do. In the distant future. You know, since it exists, we'll make sure it stands apart pretty well. But technically, we got to do that, too. Uh, we don't have to, but we can. We have an excuse. Yeah, I know. I'd like, I'd like to have the complete series on our channel. You know, it'd be weird that we have that one piece missing. And the fact that we still did a movie like five before it. Yeah, it just is sacrilege. But uh, we will do five. It will happen. Hmm. See, he's uh, stingy with the... He doesn't want to share the love. He doesn't want to make you go somewhere else to watch us. Stingy. Stingy prick. This guy always reminded me of Isai Morales, kind of. Do you remember him? You know that actor? Big Latino actor? Uh, From uh, in the army now. Bad Boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the movie you go to. I was thinking uh, La Bamba and, and Bad Boys and things. Yeah, but... No, in the army now is where it's at. He looks like a young Isai Morales from this era. Uh, oh, speaking of in the army now, and Polly Shore, you sent that screenshot of that new thriller horror movie he's got coming out. What the fuck is that? Is that real? <laughs> I guess he posted it on his Facebook. What's it called again? I forgot. I'm gonna look it up, but it had a funny tagline, like a cheesy, shitty horror tagline. Let me see if I can find it. I got you. One sec. I can't believe it. Hopefully he plays like a greasy fucking killer. Like, uh, it's like, uh, it's like the weasels version of Maniac, baby. Yeah, so the movie's called Sin City Psycho. And the cover, the cover's creepy because it's got a guy in the center. It's smaller and he's kind of in the shadows and he's holding a baseball bat. I don't know if that's supposed to be Polly Shore, but in the backdrop in the sky is Polly's face large. And, uh, dude, 
I don't know if you guys know the reference, but Polly Shore is slowly becoming Sean Crahan from Slipknot. You know that fuck the clown with he looks just like him. He's all fat and old, and he's got the ass eyes, and he's got the gross facial hair. But uh, think think about what the the tagline is. I mean, it's something you could almost write yourself, and you could predict. Like if somebody said, "Hey, look, we got a movie about a psycho killer." in Vegas and we're going to call it Sin City Psycho. I'll give you 10 guesses of what the tagline's going to be. Okay, you're going to go to uh what's something they always say about uh Vegas? Uh, uh what what is that uh, fucking saying? Uh what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Does that have to do with it? It does. You got it. And and guess what? <laughs> They're going to be like, "Well, we can't quite be on the nose like that, so we got to tweak it a little bit. We got to be clever, or so we think we're clever, and we got to be punny. So, how do you tweak that to make it punny? What happens if Vegas slays in Vegas? That's right, baby. <laughs> I didn't even notice it, so I, I did just guess that in real time. Zach can name that tune in fucking two notes. That's exactly what he did. So, maybe I wrote it and just forgot, like I was on a drunken fucking slumber. I think that right there sums up how that movie's going to be. I think the whole thing is going to be paint by numbers, but but we're we're ignoring the most important thing about this news. Our polysploitation just expanded by one. So we're going to look up eventually when that's going to drop because I guarantee you it's going to be video on demand. I mean, we're gonna it's not going to be theatrical. So whenever this drops, we're going to get it and we are going to fucking do a commentary for it the day it drops, Zach. Exactly. That's what. It, which reminds me, as of now, we haven't. Neither of us have watched the new Halloween movie. Well, so I'm gonna. Like I said, as of this recording, it is Friday, the Friday before this podcast is dropped, and you guys are listening to it. And I'm gonna go see it tomorrow. I think I am too. Yeah. If you don't go see it tomorrow, when are you gonna see it? Um, I'll see it before the week starts. So, and what we're going to do, obviously, we're not going to miss the opportunity. I mean, we did a trailer reaction. We've talked about this fucking movie ad nauseum. And, of course, we've, we're, do, we're in the middle of the fucking October Blitz, baby. That's what this is. And I forgot to even mention it, but we were doing the entire franchise, for God's sakes. So, of course, we're going to do a podcast review uh, of the new movie. So, Zach, I don't know what your timeline looks like, but if I'm seeing it Saturday and hopefully you're seeing it Saturday or Sunday... I say we we knock that out Monday and we get it up as soon as we can for the people like ASAP. Hell yeah. So hopefully, hopefully ASAP means by the time you're listening to this, it's a Wednesday. Hopefully it's already up. Right. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, and we'll see if Josh James wants to jump along for that or not. We're going to do it regardless. He already saw it, baby. He's going to have to simmer down a little bit while we get ready to watch. But that's good, though. See, uh, Freddie just uh, busted a cum shot on her uh, window. You couldn't see his cock because he's invisible. Yeah. No, I saw it. I love uh, the story. Is, well, here we go. Old school spandex, man. Exactly. That they chose to do with CGI for some apparent reason in the remake. I mean, it makes no sense. Because they're retarded. They're retarded. Uh, they, uh, you should see them trying to fucking, uh, you know, uh, walk down the street. They're fucking stumbling and shit, drooling everywhere. Uh, I've seen them, the, the writers of that uh, remake. Huh. I, you know what's funny is when I was a kid, I thought that was computer animated. I didn't realize it was spandex when I was young. That's because you're retarded, too. You should see yourself walking down the street, fucking drooling and shit. <laughs> so, obviously, this film's known as the house that Freddy built as far as uh, referring to New Line Cinema. They were about to go into bankruptcy before this movie came out. So, 
the the documentary the uh, Never Sleep Again doc is is fascinating and it's great and I admire the hell out of Robert Shea. I love his story, uh, you know, because he started out. Uh, he started as distribution. He got the rights to Reefer Madness, and he was pretty much just running that out of his small ass like little apartment. And he was mm-hmm. uh, distributing them to campuses and universities because it became a big hit at colleges, I guess. Because at that point, it was pretty fucking hokey and stupid. And I think is that what he he used the money he got from that one fucking thing and pumped it into Freddie? Is that right, or what came first? Um, it, it's possible. He, uh, I remember he got the rights to put out uh, Pink Flamingos too. There was a couple movies. Uh, well, we're forgetting about uh, uh, Last House on the Left that came before this, right? So I don't know. Maybe was that New Line? No, it wasn't New Line. You're right. Yeah. So I don't know, but we'd have to have the fucking Robert Shea autobiography right in front of us. So we could be wrong on some points, but uh, the, the overall arc is uh, is correct. You can you can just not second guess us. We're we're the guys to go to. Sorry, this is such a good scene, man. And think how scary this would have been. I know some people think that looks silly with his arms stretching out, and I get it. But dude, that was fucking scary, even though it looks fucking stupid. They should have made a, a Freddy Stretch Armstrong. They really dropped the ball in the marketing there. They really did, but I don't think he was market material at the time. That wasn't yeah. until a couple. That wasn't until a couple of sequels in. I always laugh at that. Look at that stand-in playing him there. He's, he he just looks really squirrely. I, I thought it always looked really creepy too, because he just looks like any old old meth head with a syringe <laughs> that wants to stab you, running down a dark alley. But uh, my dad, in particular, when I mentioned that they went and saw it. He said that scene in particular freaked him out when he had the long arms. You know? My dad said that too. Like, yeah, the first time seeing Freddy was scary. That's pretty scary, man. That's pretty mm-hmm. fucking scary. But uh, the most, uh, as far as Bob Shea's story, I, it's, it's really inspiring the whole move he had to make when it came to the second movie, right? Because he came from a place where he was going to be bankrupt he was going to lose everything and this movie, he put everything into it and it was a success. So, uh, I want to say, I don't know who approached him. I I don't want to speak out of school here, but somebody basically said, look, you have a hit on your hands. We're going to buy you out. We're going to pay you a lump sum right now. It's more money than you've ever had in your life. Uh, and we want the rights, you know, and it would have been tempting for someone like that in his place to just cash out. Right. But he Mm -hmm. saw the big picture and he's like, no, fucking I'm all in and he made the sequel and bam the rest was history and then you know fucking uh, a decade and a half later they sold New Line Cinema to fucking uh, Time Warner you know after the mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings movies but they they, they uh, the Lord of the Rings movies still came out under Bob Shea's watch and then it was yeah. after that where it just became massive I mean because it progressively got bigger and bigger in the 90s it they housed some of the you know, most memorable movies of our childhood between like the dumb and dumbers. Uh, I think the mask was on new line cinema. Is that right? Didn't they do that too? I think so. Um, yeah. But then, you know, we can't, uh, you had movies like seven, which is fucking great. You actually had the golden era of like uh, Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis, so, like seven, I think wasn't 12 monkeys, new line cinema. I'm not too sure. Maybe. Fuck. There was a lot of cool movies. I think the 90s was the golden era of New Line Cinema. Now that it's under the Time Warner umbrella, you don't see the New Line Cinema label too much. They don't use it that often, if you noticed. Mm -hmm. Right? I saw it on a movie 
They put it on genre movies, like horror movies. I noticed. Yeah, something like that. I saw it not that long ago on a movie, and it blew me away. I'm like, wow, I haven't seen this in a long fucking time. I think it's on the the opening of it, the remake. If I remember right. I think you're right too. So you know they they consumed it and they must have just made it there. Yeah, our our genre label, our genre print. So I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of like what Disney does with Touchstone. They they own Touchstone and they would always put their somewhat darker tinged movies on Touchstone. It kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Roger Rabbit was on Touchstone, even though Disney had a heavy hand in that and Buena Vista. The fucking Ernest P. World movies were the, as dark as they came. Well. They were the darkest. Yeah, they were never super darkest, but they were never super dark. But uh, another movie, too. Like, uh, now, Disney really, really, really fucking owns, and they, they're proud of it, Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's at the Disney store. Now, when you buy prints of that movie, it says Walt Disney at the top. Like, it's really... And even the fucking... The alternate cover arts they put out with these new Blu-rays of it are very Disney and animated and kind of cutesy. But... When the movie came out, they were too afraid to put Disney on it, so they put Touchstone on it, right? Mm. Because it was a little bit of a darker movie, you know, severed heads and stuff like Pussies. that. Yeah, I know, and I actually hate that, though, because I hate seeing the new releases of it and the way it looks and the way they do the fucking pussified artwork and shit, uh, but that's just a good example of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. John Saxon, man, that Saxon sleaze. I wanna, I, I, I dream of getting seduced by John Saxon playing a saxophone with uh, nothing, wearing nothing, and all greased up like the saxophone guy from Lost Boys. Oh yeah, sounds like a good one. And this mom, uh, the only the other thing I've seen her on was like a random ass episode in the first season of uh, Tales from the Dark Side. Oh yeah, I'm sure I've seen it too. I've seen every episode, but I can't remember. What you're talking about? I think it was like about a killer robot, if I remember right, or something. This movie shot in 30 days, which is pretty impressive, but I mean, I, I, I'm i surprised it wasn't shot even earlier than that, because I think they were on a pretty tight budget. Mm-hmm. So, her mom looks nothing like her. I always thought her mom was really ugly. Oh, you're so mean, baby. You're so mean. Yeah, she isn't very attractive. I'd probably fuck her, though. I can't wait till we get to the... I can't wait till we get to the infamous ending that got tacked on. God. Because what's the story with the ending? I mean, we'll get there, but didn't... Why did Wes Craven have to bend? Because he didn't want to change the ending. He just wanted the bus to drive off or whatever. Yeah, I think that whole thing at the end was uh, kind of... Yeah, like... uh, it's just kind of weird. It, like it, it kind of just drops the logic in a way because it's like, oh, when he's in real life, it must have just been like a different version of uh, real life at the time. Like he was still, uh, you know, uh, a ghost. But it's just weird because it's like, oh, he's in real life now, and then he kind of like sinks into the bed, and it's all paranormal. It's like, how do he do that? But it, yeah, it's weird. Do you know, uh, obviously Heather Lane Camp, this is her claim to fame. She returned for part three. Do you know the other chicks that were up for this role that she beat out? No. That would go on to become famous people? Dude, like, uh, let's see. There was Jennifer Grey from fucking Ferris Bueller. and uh, Sasha Grey? No, not Sasha Grey. <laughs> yeah. I think she was a fucking zygote when this movie was out. She, was, she wasn't even, like, swimming in her dad's nutsack. Uh, Demi Moore 
Oh. Uh, uh, auditioned. Uh, Courtney Cox. This is like Born in the USA video era Courtney Cox. Would you Courtney her Cox? Maybe back then she looks kind of funky now. And uh, believe it or not, Tracy Gold, who went on to be in Growing Pains as the anorexic uh, in real life Tracy Gold daughter, Carol. Oh, yeah. That would have been weird. Not uh, Ashley Gold, though, who I would fuck behind a pawn shop dumpster wearing my lucha mask. <laughs> I'm Corey G. See, I've become Corey G now. I, I, the metamorphosis is complete. Lynn Shay. Yeah, and I I swear, it, I, it's usually a pretty giant gap between views of this movie. And every time, I want to say the last time I watched this too, I noticed that I'm like, oh yeah, fucking Lynn Shay. And I and every time I forget she's in it, and it always hits me. But uh, is I would I would hit the Lynn Shay here. Mm. I would hit that all day long. This scene always creeped me out, how it changes the tone of his voice when he's reading this. When she falls asleep. This is good shit. See, uh, this movie's uh, dank as fuck. And uh, to me, it's basically a perfect horror movie until the ending. Where it just kind of like, they fucking, uh, they kind of just lost the plot on the ending. But it's perfect up until then. You mean just the final end, the, the puller in through the window? You mean that, the actual last scene? Yeah, pretty much. It's. I always tried to rationalize it by thinking, you know, in this movie, she never actually woke up. Like, even whenever she, her uh, alarm goes off and she thinks she's woken up, it's still a dream, and it's just uh, Freddy fucking with her. And just that, and just that effect too. I mean, it really. The movie's pretty dark throughout, and it maintains a lot of. I don't know, just character, and it looks legit, and then for them to end on that low note of pulling a fucking balloon woman, or whatever she is. The blow-up doll, yeah. It's like... I, you know what's funny is I never knew it was a blow-up doll until I saw it on DVD for the first time, and then it was, like, fucking obvious, but on VHS, I never noticed. This, this might be, to me, the most iconic fucking scene in the movie. It's just creepy. This would have been very scary seeing this when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Which is why in the remake they had to redo it and do it shitty. Of course. This 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 used to scare me when I was a kid. I used to have nightmares of this girl. No running in the hallway. I did. <laughs> and then and then like uh you, you tried to turn it into a sex dream so it wasn't scary so you fucked her? No. <laughs> I like how in this movie too, it's simple to where like the nightmares aren't outlandish. Like, it's her at school, right? We're going to, very, in her house, it's very simple. Obviously, mm -hmm. it got pretty crazy as it went on. You know, you had fucking waiter Freddy. You had hospital Freddy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it gets pretty crazy in the as it goes on. Uh, fucking video game Freddy. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> but this one, I just like the purity of it all. Did you know, and I didn't know this. I'm looking up this fact right now. They actually don't say the word Elm Street at all in this movie, not once. Yeah, if I remember right, the title was added on after it was done. If I remember right. And they just wanted to call it Elm Street, I'm assuming, because Elm Street is relatable to every town, because there's always an Elm Street. Yeah. And that's funny, because when I was a kid, I always wanted to live on Elm Street, on a Elm Street. I didn't care where, just 
in Elm Street so that I can watch Nightmare on Elm Street while I lived on Elm Street a bit dark. Which it uh, kind of goes full circle because I think is it Freddy's Dead where Freddy himself says every town has an Elm Street. You know? It's like ha ha yeah and we did that fucking movie before this too. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. See. This non-burnt chest. Never noticed that as a kid. The hamburger meat, he's got hair. Yeah, it's funny the stuff you never notice. Like, like I just, I never thought of that. Like, why is his stomach not burnt? He well, had a flame retardant costume on while they burned him alive, I think. I noticed it, but that's also because this was not the first movie in the series that I saw. Mm-hmm. I, I saw part three and four many times before I saw the original. And so I was pretty used to like, you know, the souls in his stomach and the way he looked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I saw this quite a bit later, like it looks like he's wearing a mask there. It doesn't even look like uh like the makeup, but mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. So when I saw this much later, I was like, well, his fucking stomach looks like my dad's. What's this all about? Uh, I want to say the last Freddy movie I, I saw was two. It took me a, a little while to finally see part two. Relatively. This is the only series, I think, uh, horror series as a kid I saw in sequence. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. How old were you when you saw this? Um, About seven or eight, I think. So, I want to say, I can't remember three or four. I want to say three was probably the first one I saw. I mean, if I saw the first one, I don't remember it because I was probably really young, but the first one I remember watching was three and it would have been in the year 1991. And so, and I saw four pretty close to the same time. So, you know, that's that the timing's appropriate. Cause I remember I used to watch them on TV. Like I remember the first time I saw him was like late at night, like a creature. Cause we used to have like a Saturday night creature feature on the weekends and, you know, the movie would have been like what five years old at the time, so it makes sense. I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. She got the burn on her arm. It's good. What happens to the dream is real, baby. Uh, Mortal Kombat Ultra. Uh, have you ever? Well, I don't know why I'm asking you. I know you haven't been, but uh, I've been to the Elm Street house off of uh, Hollywood, the Hollywood Boulevard, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a trip, man, because. This whole street we're looking at in her house, it's all legit, and it literally sits between Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard, right? They're a block apart, and this mm-hmm. is, you know, they run north and south, I think, and going, you know, east to west from one street to the next is that street that they live on, and it looks like a total, like, Midwestern little road in a neighborhood. You'd think the neighborhood was a lot bigger, but when you're actually staring at Nancy's house in real life, and I, of course, I went there at night and took pictures in front of the house, and somebody owns it. Somebody lives there, but it's weird because it's just one street. It's not really a neighborhood, and people really live in the homes there. You'd think it would be like a studio lot, but no, it's legit, but it's weird because when you're looking at Nancy's house, it makes you feel like you're in Elm Street, and you're like in middle of America somewhere, but if you just turn your head three inches, you literally see billboards and shit on Hollywood Boulevard and all this stuff. And if you turn your head to the right, you see Sunset Boulevard. And it's a total mindfuck. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting piece of trivia. Wes Craven's original concept for Freddy Krueger was considerably more gruesome, with teeth showing through the flesh over the jaw, pus running from the sores, 
and a part of the skull showing through the head. Makeup artist David B. Miller argued that an actor couldn't be convincingly made up that way, and a puppet would be too hard to film, and uh, wouldn't blend well with the live actors. So these ideas were eventually abandoned. Yeah, uh, the you know when you think about it in your mind, what that could look like, it sounds pretty cool. But I understand the reasons that they they didn't go that route. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, Brad Pitt. Bra- oh, that makes sense. Brad Pitt would have been up for the role of Glenn. Charlie Sheen. Holy fuck. Yeah, fucking. He could have been winning back then. By winning. What was that shitty kind of pseudo horror movie he was in before he was a name in the 80s? Not the Reaper. Reaper. Wow, what the um, fuck is it called? I don't know. Oh, I've seen it. It's terrible. And it's just on the tip of my tongue. I, I got to look it up. I'm not even picturing it. This is the scene where Freddy flicks the clit while she's sleeping. Because he is a fucking, he does uh, touch the children, you know. She is in high school, so she's probably not 18 yet. So this is what got him in trouble in the first place. He he just can't stay away from it. Is it a stunt body, the naked, when you see her naked underwater? Is that a different actress? Yeah, it was uh, someone on the crew's girlfriend that just, they just grabbed. And they shot it in a pool. Kind of funny, uh, I swear, uh, whenever I, uh, like, there's always a shot in the VHS version that isn't in any versions on Blu-ray, and I could just be misremembering it, it could be like the Mandela effect or something, and maybe I'm just fucking, uh, going crazy, but I swear, as a kid, I saw on the VHS an image of Freddy under the water, fully submerged under the water, grabbing her leg and kind of pulling on it, but... Every time I watch it now, it's just a shot of the glove, kind of. I'll point it out when it comes up. Okay. But yeah, when when I go back and I revisit this movie, I, I'm i just reminded of how many iconic scenes are in this movie. Like, this is iconic. The hallway is iconic. Yeah, it's this part right here. I always think I see... Yeah, just this glove there. But I swear, I, as a kid, I, I remember seeing him pulling her down. But when I think about it, it's like, how could they have done that? They would have had to have him underwater with the makeup on. Am I just going crazy? Did I just think I was... Was I just creeped out by the scene and thought of Freddy himself down there? And I, uh, my mind's eye made it happen. And I don't know what I really saw. Mandela effect, dude. Mandela effect. Exactly. And fuck exactly. It's the Bernstein bears all over again. Hey, that movie uh, is called The Wraith. <laughs> where oh yeah Charlie Sheen he plays this guy that was killed I think like in a motorcycle accident I don't know and he comes back as like this fucking ghost that's murdering people but you never see Charlie Sheen he's always got a helmet on the whole movie because he's riding like a motorbike and uh, you, I think you see him at the end he takes off his helmet the movie's horrible it's fucking atrocious and it's got an Ozzy Osbourne song from his worst album, uh, Secret Loser. It's a song. It's really, it's like his cock rock era, but it's not a good movie. And going through Charlie Sheen's filmography here, <laughs> I see that that wasn't his first foray into horror because he was also in Grizzly 2. Oh, yeah. That movie's never been officially released. It's, it's out, but like they ran out of money and it just kind of came out uh, on DVD or something. Never seen it, though. 
And I think it came out the same year as this, so he got passed up for this. There's Evil Dead on the TV, baby. Yeah, do you want to go ahead? And we've talked about that connection before, if you want to, you know, go over it again. Yeah, they, uh, Sam Raimi and Wes Craven kept one up in each other. In uh, The Hills Have Eyes, Wes Craven put a poster of, the, of Jaws, and it was ripped up as if to say, Oh, you thought Jaws it was scary? Check out what... This is going to make you not want to go in the desert like Jaws made you not want to go in the water. And then Sam Raimi liked that, so in Evil Dead, he put a ripped up poster of Hills Have Eyes to say the same thing. And then Wes Craven saw that, and, and they just sort of one-up at each other. It became a tradition. So uh, she's watching Evil Dead, and then in Evil Dead 2, uh, Freddy's Love is visible whenever uh, ashes in uh, yeah. uh, the work shed, I think it is. And that actually was the original glove used in part one and two, used in uh, Evil Dead. He acquired it at auction or something, or he bought it off someone? No, they just uh, used it to film it, and then apparently after that, at some point it went missing. And then uh, it was gone for, missing for years. And I swear I heard that it it like showed up somewhere at, uh, recently. Somebody sold it off somewhere. What's about the Jason hockey mask that appears in it? I don't remember what it looks like. Is it actually, is it intended to be a reference and a nod to Jason? Does it even look like one in the movie or is it just a, a random goalie mask that's supposed to be a nod in this movie? What's well, yeah. I read a, I read a fact that said a Jason hockey mask can be seen on the shelf in the room in which Nancy's trying to sleep. Oh, I never noticed. Yeah, so we'll have to look, because I don't think... I'm not sure it would have happened yet. I, it, maybe it's this room? Mm-hmm. Or the doctor's office? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I don't know why the doctor would have it, though. He's a big hockey fan. Let's see. So would you suck uh, fucking... Uh, what's his name's cock? Johnny Depp? Uh, dude, Johnny Depp looks like fucking ass, dude. He's Asian, not too good. He looks like fucking uh, if polio had AIDS and then uh, fucking, uh, you know, uh, some other deadly disease came along and beat the shit out of it. That would be Johnny Depp. Mm. He wants to be a rock star now, dude. He's just playing with uh, Alice Cooper. He's been wanting that forever. He's uh, like, he's always been... He's like Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon has a band, the Bacon Brothers. Yeah. Well, he's always said that he just more or less kind of fell into acting. You know what? Kevin Bacon really skipped, fucking dropped the ball. They should have called their band Bacon Bits. Yeah. That'd have been dank as fuck. But no, isn't that the case with Johnny Depp? He just kind of fell into acting, a la the Jackie or Harold Haley type of thing. Where, hey, but he wanted to, he was in a band. He was in a band and he was trying to make that happen and he kind of just. He was just too good looking, I guess, not to be in movies. I guess. He was one of those guys, like Eddie Furlong, where Eddie Furlong just kind of fell into acting because uh, whoever the casting director was for T2, didn't they They said they saw Eddie Furlong waiting for a ride outside of a youth center, like a YMCA, mm. with a backpack and all that shit, and he just had a look, and they stopped him and asked, hey. And they knew right then, they were like, that kid's going to be on drugs someday. We got to get him in the movie. <laughs> Someday this guy is going to be at a convention with Bam Margera, and we gotta we gotta be a part of that history. That that is always what happens when kids child stars, though they always uh, they get used to having all this shit given to them at an early age, and it fucks them up. Yeah, well, I you know I I imagine that happens more often 
in when you grow up in a place like California, obviously, where you can just kind of get stopped and shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. That'd be that'd be crazy uh, to just someone change your life like that and say, hey, you want to be in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? They manufactured him as a fucking pop star in uh, Korea for for fuck's sake. And he must have uh, produced some offspring over there because now we have Korean Eddie Furlong. <laughs> you know, there's got to be a correlation there. I'm going to have to find that picture again and post it on our Instagram so they know what we're talking about. So we don't just keep talking about it with nothing to back it up. But yeah, so... It's literally Eddie Furlong with uh, someone else's name, though. Just picture it. My thing is, I think he went over there during his tours of Korea trying to attain that uh, Asian fame, and he was a big deal in the mid-90s there. And, you know, him being like 14, 15 years old, I don't know how old he was... He fucking got some of that punani, man. He knocked someone up, and he left a baby to be raised fatherless over there. He he knocked the boots, baby. And that person grew up as a bastard child, and it's it's that Edward Furlong uh, Oriental style, as as we're going to be showing you guys when we find it. Oh, it's probably better off she grew up without uh, without dad. He he sounds like kind of a fuck up. And it's funny because it is a girl. And I love Eddie. I'm sorry, Eddie, if if you're listening. I'm just I'm just trying to be funny. Hey, now that he's doing well, he still doesn't do a lot of cons. I wonder why. You think he would do conventions out the wazoo? I wonder if it's one of those things where if we actually talk to him and he'd be like, "No, I just don't get the invites." Like what? Because you mm. really think it's that he doesn't want to do it? Because yeah, I wonder if he's doing more of these. I'd really love to talk to him is what I'm saying. I'd love to be able to talk to him. Imagine getting him on our show and then having him fucking hear where we can't leave. And we say, hey, Eddie, that uh, that album you made, though, what was that about? Yeah. And so even if we approached him at a. Sorry, car- guys, I got a back connection. I can't hear you. I'm, I'm driving through. A tunnel. <laughs> no. Well, if we had him like cornered physically in in a convention or something it'd be great to bring it up because he can't ignore hey it's the pancake mix yeah the bisquick pancakes sound dank as fuck right now what the fuck is up with that did you see that shit yeah what is that it, it looks like he he grabbed something off like a, a picture and put it over his face it looks so fucking... I mean... <laughs> he looked like uh, fucking Zeke the Plumber or something. They should have did without that whole thing. Just scrapped that bit because it, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't effective. But uh, no, but yeah. So if we had him cornered it with a physical interview, it would be great. But yeah, if we had him on audio, like on the podcast, that would be great to surprise him. Be like, hey, uh, just start playing it. Like, what was that? Like, oh, you know what that is. And we just keep trolling him with it. <laughs> Exactly. He would be. He would. He would know what to say. He'd be like, uh, "I, I, you know, I, I was in. Some, I had some de- gambling debts. Uh, I had to pay them off." We would be the first people to ever. Ask, he doesn't really do any interviews. Go, go on YouTube. You can't find interviews with them. So if we were able to talk to him, even if it was like at a convention, I, we would be the first people in history to ever fucking bring up that aborted album, that album, because <laughs> it it only very recently made its way on YouTube. Like it's, uh-huh. it's it was non-existent. Oh yeah, it was non-existent. Finally, somebody uploaded it to YouTube, and it it sort of just kind of pierced the the wall there. So maybe that was one of the things he always get. Like every time he agreed to do an interview in America, he gave him a, a thing of a list of things not to bring up, and that was probably number one. Yeah, they do do that, which is kind of annoying. You know, you kind of get briefed <laughs> on the things you can't talk about or bring up. So 
And then you just bring them all up and then say, oh, I thought this was a list of things you wanted me to talk to you about. I'm sorry, Eddie. But I think that album is so off the radar that I don't think that would be the case with him. Mm-hmm. I literally think he'd be blindsided by it. He probably doesn't even remember doing it. He's probably coked out the whole time. He was coked out getting fucked by record producers. Yeah, they probably had to prop him up in the studio and just move his mouth for him. I know, man. He was uh, on so much fucking coke, he was wasting away and couldn't fit into his fucking suits on that album. Because mm-hmm. he's wearing these 3XL suits holding flowers or corsage. I love the inserts, man. It's, such, it's so funny. That's what I would do. If we ever got a chance to meet him, like even if it was just at a convention and it wasn't on a professional level, it would be great if we printed out our own 8x10s of the, the insert images from that image and we got him to sign those. <laughs> We didn't say anything. Yeah. Take our CD there and have him sign it. They should have put him on the cover surrounded by a bunch of Korean honeys. This effect, man, the the blanket is really cool. And you know if they did something like that today, they would probably take the easy route and just do some really shitty computer graphics or whatever. But uh it's so yeah. simple and I don't know I don't know if they're using string, I mean obviously, or what they're using to pull it, but it works, man. It looks like some kind of wire uh, thing. Cause it, whenever it's wrapping around his neck, you can kind of see it poking out at the very end of it. Yeah, I see it. I see it. But this looks way better than any CG ever could because, I mean... That was probably a reverse shot, too. Yeah, if you could imagine an invisible man really wrapping something around his neck slowly, it would kind of look like that. More so than CGI. Mm-hmm. No, like uh, Invisible Man, would uh, anything he touched would turn into a cartoon. Mm. You just don't know. See, they could have done some hentai shit with the scene, too. Yeah. That would have been hot. I would have came. Why'd they let him keep his leather jacket in this jail cell? Couldn't that be used as a weapon in some way? I guess so. Well, it's not prison. He's just in, like, lockup. Count. Oh, yeah. See, you can tell I've never been to jail or prison. I'm I'm new I'm a noob to the whole jail and prison thing. You that's how you know that uh, Aaron has been. When they I doubt someone like him has the opportunity for bail because he'd be a flight risk. But usually when they just kind of lock you up uh, in county or whatever, they throw you in there with whatever the fuck you got. Except I think they take off your shoes. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, your your shoes could double as a weapon, but the zipper on that fucking leather jacket couldn't. What was I gonna? S- John Saxon. He got uh he got really pale really quick. Yeah, he did. I think he was sick before he died. I think that explains it. Who's the better uh veteran actor in a classic uh horror kickoff? Uh, Dr. Loomis uh, fucking uh or or John Saxon here? I'd say they're both utilized probably the same way. It, it does kind of seem like, oh, that's their biggest actor. They probably, uh, a lot of the budget went to them, and they probably shot all the scenes in like a day or two. Yeah, but I think uh, the Loomis character is way more full than John Saxon's. You don't think he's more crucial? Probably, yeah, a bit. What's funny is, if I re- recall correctly about Halloween... I, I don't remember if they just assumed he would be a tough get because he was more of a, you know, traditional type of actor doing classical stuff and he would do plays and shit like that. Um, or if he actually gave some pushback. I don't remember which one it was. 
but uh, it's funny how an actor like that is now pretty much known for Doctor Loomis. If you know that's his iconic role, mm-hmm. you know it's it's funny. It would go on to be like, hey, you know, remember all that shit I was too good to do? Well, I ended up doing quite a few more shitty sequels, and they were really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, Red and green sweater, really yeah. Somebody uh, somewhere was like, "Oh, uh, uh, Donald Plus, you want to do my great movie?" And he's like, "No." But then uh, for Halloween Five, he's like, "Yes, <laughs> I will go till number." What was it he always said? Mustafa God, he's like, he always told me, "I will go to number twenty-seven or something like that." Wait, who? Mustafa God saying that's what Pleasance would say. Yeah, he'd go till Halloween 27. That's where he draws the line, baby. Mm. He was off by a couple. Little did he know. Exactly. And little did he know. Yeah, an expiration date on him. And it's crazy to think about, because we, we all talk about our futures, and we don't know. We could be dead in the next year. We never know. It, it, it's crazy. Full circle, there's Roger Rabbit himself, man. I fucking love Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. I've seen it once, and I thought it was okay. Yeah, so... I'm just shitting on your childhood favorites. Oh, it's okay. Charles Flesher, I don't think... I mean, he was obviously a comedian. Uh, I, I don't know... I don't think he was very known at all when this movie came out. He was just, he was just doing stand-up. You know what the grandfather of all fucking, uh, you know, cartoon characters in a live-action movie is? Let me guess. Let me guess. In a live-action movie... The Rocky and Bullwinkle movie with Robert De Niro? Space Jam. Oh, yeah. Aren't they making part two? Followed by a close second, Cool World. Cool World's bad, dude. That's not a good movie. <laughs> Space Jam is bad, too. <laughs> Space Jam is very, very bad. But I was just trolling you, man. No, Space Jam's horrible, but... Do you see that uh, Do you see that uh, Onion article that's like, uh, fucking uh, Kevin... Kevin J- Who's the, the black dude that's always in LeBron the LeBron James. Movie? LeBron James? Uh, no, the Kevin Hart. Kevin, Kevin Hart's Hart. gonna assume he's in uh, uh, Space Jam Two until he hears otherwise. That made me laugh. I don't know why. Is it just because he's in every movie? He's always in. He's always in these shitty fucking movies. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder when people are gonna get tired of Kevin Hart. I called him Kevin James. Like his, their both their names are so generic. Well, you started saying you were fumbling Kevin James, and I thought you were talking about LeBron James, who's going to be in Space Jam Two, and it turned yeah. out to be Kevin Hart. Why make Space Jam Two? Must we go Space Jam Two? Is it really necessary? Uh, Space Jam One is so old that anybody, no, who the anybody younger than us isn't going to remember, right? I mean, really? Yeah. So who's it marketed t- towards? And uh, fucking do Looney Tunes characters even are they even a thing for kids anymore? I don't know. Do they really show them on... Because back in my day, they still had them in syndication on Cartoon Network and I think even like Nickelodeon's and shit. It's going to be uh, newer fucking cartoon characters. Like he's going he's gonna to be playing basketball with fucking uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and shit. And they might even just not even... They might just call it Space Jam. Why Why put two yeah. all these years later? You know, 24, 25 years later or whatever. You know what's funny is I took Space Jam, the original, to my uh, first grade class and watched it, and I fucking cringe thinking about it now. Because <laughs> you thought it was cool? Even though I was a kid. Uh, this is fucking everybody watching. Hey, come on and slam! And welcome to the jam! It's just like, how did I survive that day? I believe I could fly... Fuck, I should have died of embarrassment. Dude, you know what? That's how big Michael Jordan was. Like, it didn't matter that he couldn't act worth shit. They made him the star of a movie, 
and it was still a hit, and every kid fucking owned the VHS. And I don't know. His acting was so horrible. What's going on here? Isn't it fucking crazy? You sound like uh, fucking uh, Hulk Hogan there and fucking like <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Mr. Nanny. But like, <laughs> yeah, fucking, uh, isn't it crazy that uh, Bill Murray agreed to do that, but never yeah. agreed to do fucking Ghostbusters 3? Fucking Bill Murray, why? He's such a sports fan, too. He's like, yeah, I'll play second fiddle to Michael Jordan, the guy that can't act or shit and has never acted. <sighs> You know, you know what I mean? That weird. It's just yeah. I'll, I'll be the comic relief. And you thought like he goes down to Looney Tune fucking world, and you think, oh well, we're not seeing Bill Murray again. And then he shows up at the end in Looney Tune. How did that make sense? He showed up more than one day for that fucking movie. I'll, I'm honored to share the screen with such acting greats as Charles Barkley and Scottie Pippen. You know? Yeah. You ain't you ain't uh, Charles Barkley. Just some wannabe that looks like him. Be gone. <laughs> wannabe. Be gone. I always remember that scene. Is that where that comes from? The be gone, wannabe, be gone? <laughs> Is it really? I said it before on the episodes. I know you say it all the time and I never knew where it came from. But that's where it came from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I play? Yeah. <laughs> you look like Charles Barkley. Horrible. No, yeah, the movie's terrible. I never liked the movie, to be honest with you. I never owned it, never wanted to see it. I, I ended up watching it at a friend's house. I saw that in fucking theaters, baby. We were supposed to go over to a friend's house, me and some other friends, because we were going to play Mortal Kombat Trilogy, because he was the only kid in the neighborhood that had a Sony PlayStation, like in 94, 95, when it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all wanted to go check it out. And I go over there, and he had gotten the PlayStation and Space Jam on VHS. And then they're all like, oh, let's just watch Space Jam. And they were all excited about it. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I want to play PlayStation. <laughs> and so I got stuck watching fucking Space Jam. Yeah. but Look, she stole his fedora. He's such a neckbeard. Fucking wearing a fedora and shit. I wonder what she did with that hat, though. Did she keep it? You know? Because how does Freddy get another hat in the dream world? Does he claim that one back? I think he doesn't have it until uh, he gets it back, if I remember right. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I guess uh, if you're in the dream world and you want a hat, you could just get it easily, though. I guess so, but how does it make it real? Um, I don't know. Uh, if uh, Maybe anything you have in the dream world, it becomes real when you come back. He doesn't have the hat when she brings him out either, though, so I don't fucking know. He might just not have the hat for the rest of the movie. What's up with this... Uh this trivia bit, let me ask you. It says here, the 2006 Infinifilm release fixes a continuity error in the original film. In the scene where Glenn watches over Nancy as she sleeps, she turns her light off before sleeping, but it's on when she wakes up. The Infinifilm release fixes this mistake by digitally darkening the room when she wakes up until Nancy's mother enters the room and turns it on. I It's probably been so long since I've watched the original VHS that I don't I never noticed that, and you know what? It's probably like that on the Blu-ray, too, because I think the Blu-ray has all the Infinifilm extras. Yeah. Unless it's a different transfer. It probably is, actually. Interesting. Uh, This was the second movie produced by New Line Cinema. The first was Alone in the Dark, 1982, directed by Jack Shoulder and starring Jack Palance. I fucking love Jack Palance, man. Cash and Tango. Jack Shoulder, he did uh, fucking uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, too. Oh, I... 
I would jack off on his shoulder. Cash and tango, tango and cash. There's an obvious... F- you see, the, Hey, you see that behind him? That's a palm tree. That's not supposed to be in uh, Ohio. Whoa, hold up. I, I've never fucking noticed that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I never... I think they bring it up on the commentary. But yeah, I never like, think about it. Why? Why do they allow that so obviously in the shot, panning into it? Like, why... Uh, they didn't give a shit. They never really come out and say it takes place in Ohio in the movie. You just kind of put that together throughout the series. And I think it's Freddy's Nightmares where they actually put Ohio, if I remember right. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't established in the first one, so they get a little bit of a free pass. But it certainly doesn't look like California either. You know, the rest of the movie. Maybe it's one of those towns where they uh, they, they pay to have a, a palm tree brought in and they just artificially keep it alive. I don't know, because it doesn't look like California necessarily, but I, yeah, I mean, it was like everything else. We're going to blame it on the sequels. They fucked it up. Yeah, they fought uh, the, they the sequels it. fucked up this uh, obvious fuck up on their part in the first one. But the, the sequels really fucked it up by uh, letting us know that it's supposed to take place in the Midwest. Fucking sequels. Wes Craven had helped Sean S. Cunningham by working on a few shots for Friday the 13th. In turn, Cunningham directed a few shots near the end of production of this movie uh, when several units were working at once. I didn't know that. Did you? No. Hey, look. It's a blue door in this movie. It's always red. Yeah, that nice blue door that's always red in the sequels. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that on the commentary, too. It's still red in real life. I think the pictures, I'll have to find those pictures and maybe upload them to Instagram if you guys care to see them. But I think it's red to this day. Uh, no, but I didn't know that. Did you know that about the Sean S. Cunningham connection? No. That's very interesting. Uh, speaking which, of which, uh, there's an update. There's an update. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me talk about it. the update. It's not good news for anybody that likes Friday the 13th because uh, I guess Sean S. Cunningham's appealed. Yeah. He's appealed the uh, ruling. He's appealed, and basically... We're right back where we started. It's gonna keep going. If if the guy who played Shelley's to be believed, he was explaining the process, and he was like, you know, at this point, it would have been where they work out an agreement, or he can appeal. Well, and it, it wouldn't seem logical for him to appeal, because he said it's highly unlikely it's a case he's gonna win. But... He drew up the papers and he officially appealed anyway. So there, God, there must be some real bitter shit going on for him to just drag this out like a little bitch because yeah. doing this is going to, they, he said, uh, the Shelley guy, he said, uh, entertainment lawyer that by him appealing, it's going to delay the whole process at least three, four more years. Fuck me. You know? And so. If this gets stretched out for three, four more years, let's say it gets resolved in, say, four years. Well, then they got to start making a movie, and then the movie's not going to come out till five or six years. I mean, they're missing such a good opportunity right now because with Michael Myers uh, having a huge hit with this new Halloween, this whole revival of classic slashers, this is the time, like in the next year or two, that they need to bring back Jason while it's hot. Yeah, Sean, just swallow your fucking pride and just take it on the nose. You own fucking enough movies. You made fucking uh, Deep Star 6, which is shit, but you know, you own that. Uh, Last House on the Left, that's a good one. Think about it, though. By him being stingy like this and just sort of being a baby is what it sounds like. Him holding up productions for the next four, five, six years, no one's making money off Jason, right? Mm-hmm. Not either party. So, and this is the time to make money. 
So uh, a, a Jason movie, a revival, would make a lot of money right now and it'd be very successful. Is it not worth giving the fair cut and just calling it a day? Because let's say... Because it seems like he should still keep getting something. But like It seems like if he's repealing it, it's like, I don't want him to have anything. I want all of it. But I don't know. I haven't read the fucking papers or anything, so we could be completely in the dark. It could be. Yeah, I'm not, and we're not lawyers, but I'm just kind of going off what I was reading. But I just, it just, it still doesn't make sense, though. Like, hey, I don't want to pay out. The, I don't even know how much money he's talking about splitting. I don't know what's at stake here. They don't really ever get down to brass tacks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what Victor Miller wants, but uh, all I know is nobody's making anything doing what they're doing now. It, it seems like a, a, a kid at a birthday party, it's my ball and I'm going home, right? He's going to ruin the party for everyone else, right? And no one plays ball. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make any sense where if he would just share, they could all get a little fun together. And But, but you know, horror, it go, comes and goes in waves, if you noticed. It's like Blumhouse when they did uh, uh, Paranormal Activity. It was huge for a few years, right? We had mm-hmm. shit tons of found footage movies and all that shit. It was crazy. And then they oversaturate the fuck out of it and everybody hates it. It happens. And Saw came out and the same thing and they kind of came out around the same time. And it was oversaturated. Then after a few years, it dies and horror movies are cancer. And then they get to reboot it. Then every five years or so, another movie comes out and starts it all over again. And right now, I think Halloween's going to do that, right? And now we're going to see a lot of shitty horror movies get greenlit, which overall is good for the scene. You know, even if there's like a lot of garbage that comes out, it's good that a lot of, I mean, what's a, what's an example of a really big movie? Um, It doesn't matter. Like for every shitty Blumhouse movie that comes out, uh, that's like the nun, right? The nun can come out. The nun can make a hundred million dollars. Let's say it does hypothetically. I don't really know if it was a hit or not. Even if the movie was garbage or if Annabelle creation is garbage, every movie like that that's successful is actually good for the horror community because that means every company in the world is going to green light all these smaller projects that might be good and legit. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe uh, maybe the nostalgia bug will, will give a, an extra push to Bill and Ted 3. Or Freddy. Or an actual yeah. Freddy movie. Like, hey, Robert Englund, you sure you don't want a piece of this, man? You sure you don't want to don the makeup? The 28th of this uh, coming next week. Watch that Goldbergs episode. Maybe uh, if it gets a lot of views, they'll be like, fuck yeah, let's do another one, baby. Or watch it on Hulu, too, because they track the the Hulu and stuff, too, the, the, the views. Uh, mm-hmm. but And I'll watch it, too. But you know what's funny is by the time this waiting game is up, like I said, they don't th- – if uh, Shelly's to be believed – he, it's not a case he's really going to win likely anyway. He's just kind of being a baby. So what happens if, like, hypothetically, this gets resolved in, in four years or so, right? And he's like, all right, we're all clear. I can make a Friday the 13th movie again. What if at that time the climate is dead for horror movies, right? Yeah. The pattern would show that that could be likely because if we're starting to hit another resurgence right now, in about five years, we might be dead. It might be DOA. You know what? It could be the movie like Halloween that rejuvenates it again then. Yeah, you're right, though. But I'm just saying it's it's tricky. It's, it's only going to make it uh, uh, the wait. Because even if they get it worked out to where we can make a Jason movie, maybe at that time, though, it won't be right timing to do it. They might either wait 
or they might be like, hey, let's release it and it's going to be really shitty and it's not going to make any money because the market's not there. And then we lost interest in this franchise again. I don't know. I just think it's a crime because if all this shit wasn't going on drama wise, they would be looking at the success of Halloween and they would already be fast tracking a Friday the 13th movie to come out in a year, you know, and it'd be perfect. So it is what it is. It's it's pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that supposed to be the Jason mask that's on the wall? Where is it at? The weird porcelain mask. I see something in the chair. Where I don't see anything on the wall. It didn't look like a Jason mask. It just looked like a porcelain like weird mask. So that couldn't have been it. I didn't see anything. I missed it. It's by her door. She got the coffee, baby. Yeah, we should bring it up that this was based on a story. Oh, that can't be it, dude. That can't be it. Yeah, this was based on a story that Wes Craven read in the New York Times or something about some, uh, there was like an Asian family that migrated here from, I want to say, uh, North Korea, maybe. And apparently, uh, the, the, the boy in the family, the little kid was, uh, you know, complaining about dreams that were real, like just felt really real to him. And, uh, basically, uh, they found he was hiding, you know, pills under his bed to stay awake and a coffee maker. And, uh, they took him to the doctor and basically they prescribed him sleeping pills and uh, told the parents like, yeah, just put him in there's food. Uh, he just needs to get some sleep. And, and uh, finally, he fell asleep, and they took him upstairs, and they heard him fucking thrashing around in the middle of the night. And they went up there, and he was he was fucking dead. So, uh, based on uh, actual events, not a true story. You know what? I, I remember I told that to my friend Derek, and he's like, you know what? He could have been having a dream he was falling from a big building and then fell off his bed. I've heard that'll kill you. <laughs> I was like, I guess so. Huh, you know it's something I didn't notice? What? Well, I mean, now when I think about it and I read this, that, okay, yeah. Tell me if you actually ever really noticed it, because it's like subconsciously you don't think about it because we've seen so many other movies. But uh, it says here, this is the only nightmare movie where Freddy doesn't have stripes on the sleeves. Yeah, I've always noticed that. The first movie's different, yeah. I never noticed that because you're ingrained seeing so many Freddy movies with it. You just, it's like rapid eye movements. You see them really quick flashes. You don't really notice it. Yeah. That website I told you about that has a nice, uh, nice sweaters. They have the part one version and the sequel version. Mm. Do you have a preference? I'd probably get the sequel version. Yeah. It's a it stands out more. Mm-hmm. 1970s pop song Dreamweaver by Gary Wright, obviously famous in Wayne's world as well. Uh, sealed the story for Wes Craven. It gave him not only an artistic setting to jump off of, but a synthesizer riff from the Elm Street soundtrack as well. Did he rip something from Dreamweaver? I don't know. Interesting. He didn't do the soundtrack, so uh, maybe. The theme for this is, uh, this is actually one of my favorite horror themes, uh, fucking soundtracks. Like, I put this soundtrack on and it fucking creeps me out. It It works. Yeah, uh, it's it's very iconic, and they don't make they don't make uh, themes anymore. It's not really a thing. When you watch movies like The Conjuring or all these movies that are coming out, the Blumhouse movies, they have scores, but they don't have themes, you know. And and this was the era of themes, the seventies and the eighties, and obviously Carpenter's the king. He's the king of the theme, and I love this this theme, but 
to me, my favorite, they're going to be Carpenter stuff, man. And I, I, in no particular order, my favorite themes, and they're all Carpenter. I, it's hard not to put Halloween in there because it's just so iconic, you know, and it's played out. But mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting that new uh, soundtrack when it comes out. I heard it came out today, but I haven't seen it anywhere. Yeah, it's been streaming on Spotify for a couple of days, but I, I don't want to listen to it yet. Uh, everybody out there, if you guys like that and you like John Carpenter, go to his Spotify, man. He's He releases albums and he tours, and he's released a couple of uh, albums called Lost Themes, and they're themes that went unused, you mm-hmm. know? And they sound legit, like all his other... He just released another... There's a compilation that came out where it's his most famous themes, and it's the ones you know and love. But like the ones on his Lost Themes records they're they're just as good and they sound like carpenter so anyway i i gotta put halloween in there but aside from halloween i fucking love uh uh escape from new york and i love the fog the fog is a great theme man that's really mm. really good uh nightmare on Elm street would be on one of my t- my top theme list friday 13th the, the fucking mom always she's a, she's a fucking idiot in this movie she she turns her fucking house into a, a total fire fire hazard for no reason. Uh, fuck her. Why she do that? I don't know. Um, she's fucking loaded. Uh, Nancy should just beat the fuck out of her and say, "Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. You were really drunk last night. You were stumbling and shit." I do that with my uh, my one of my cousins. He uh, he always gets drunk when he comes over. When he gets like really blackout drunk, I beat the fuck out of him, and I tell him that like, "Oh yeah, uh, you were fucking just walking into shit and stuff." He always believes me. That's not true, but uh, it should be. I should do that. That'd be funny, dude. Another iconic scene, man. I love this. Great scene. You always got the party poopers, though, that say, there's not that much blood in the human body. Fuck you. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Fuck you. Eat my ass. So, and this is, a uh, like, the, they built the set upside down, right? Mm-hmm. And they poured uh, gallons of fucking fake blood, and the light was still on whenever the shot started. It's off now. But, yeah, they didn't think about that, and uh, as soon as they start pouring it, the fucking light short circuits, and uh, the guy pouring the the metal bucket of blood was getting shocked the whole time he was pouring it. (laughs) It was worth it, though. It's a great effect. Do they really do shit like that anymore, man? Remake rooms upside down to pull off reverse shots like that? You know, I uh, they don't put in the effort. Probably not. They probably just put it on a fucking green screen now. It's just easier, and uh, they, they're all about doing easy uh, shit. <laughs> Get this, man. Ralph Macchio was considered to play Rod. I would have came in my fucking pants. Ralph Macchio, he's the man. I would uh, fuck him. Ralph fucking Macchio and Roy Scheider, dude, to play Lieutenant Thompson. Yeah, who's he again? Uh, it's Jaws, right? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. that's right, right? He uh, mm-hmm. he turned it down. He was offered it, but he turned it down because he was busy shooting uh 2010. Uh, that's interesting. Never know street take place in the same years. 2010. Oh, fuck. I was thinking of AI for some reason. No. I don't know why. Uh, like, uh, that's not even... It's 2001 or 2000 Space Odyssey. And then I, I got confused with AI. And uh, I guess the reason why is because I heard recently that that was going to be Stanley Kubrick's last movie. Like, he started working on it and uh, Spielberg ended up finishing it. 
Instead, it was Eyes Wide Shut with Tom fucking Cruise. What a way to go out. I actually don't hate that movie. I don't hate that movie. I've ne- I've never watched it because I can't stand Tom Cruise though. I can't stand him, man. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't fucking like. It's a movie that like I don't know what the fuck the point of it is, and all that shit. But I I don't know. There's just something mesmerizing about his movies. Yeah. No. He, he had the fucking uh, the visuals down packed. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of his movies just by looking at a couple of still shots. You know. I mean, it's mm-hmm. their art. You know. You, not not just that you have two thousand one, but I always in Clockwork Orange too. But like take a, take The Shining, every single shot in that movie's like a painting. It's like a work of art. Mm-hmm. They're so dramatically done. I like um, to do that for the Christmas season because it's uh they in the snow and it's over the holiday. That'd be good. Technically, one. yeah, I'm already getting ideas ready uh for what I'd like to do during the holiday season. We should definitely keep that in mind for sure. Um, <laughs> fuck, that's man. one of my favorite movies too. Yeah, I I double dipped, man, on that fucking movie because I just bought. They released a cool steel book of it. I'm like, fuck, and it was really cheap. I'm like, I gotta get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm a schmuck. But anyway, you know what would be fun? Uh, to do to kill ourselves again and to do a double feature. If you want to do the classic Shining, and then also do the Stephen Weber made for TV one. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the Rebecca De Mornay and Stephen Weber that was more like the book. And that little fucking kid that played uh uh-huh, on Little Rascals, the movie. <laughs> Cortland Mead is his name. <laughs> fucking Cortland Mead. Who the fuck? Why'd you uh, create that child? <laughs> it wasn't a fucking affront to humanity that he exists. It's, it, it's got some kind of following because I... Why? I don't know. It does, though. I The last... <laughs> I heard somebody referencing it on because I always go on Facebook and look up uh, uh, Shout Factories like Facebook page and look at everybody bitching because dude they get so much hate and and it kind of is deserved because they got the worst customer service ever and they never prepare for busy seasons especially but I there was some fuckers on there pleading for a release of that TV miniseries mm-hmm. and I'm like oh okay great. I think it is released, isn't it? Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe that's what it had to do with. On Blu-ray, maybe? Maybe they want it on Blu-ray? Yeah, I don't know. But, dude, speaking of which, I took advantage of Shocktober, right? Their their annual sales over there at Screen Factory, Shot Factory. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. And now I'm not mad because I totally expected it. Because last year, I ordered a whole shit ton of stuff. Because it's the only time of year... That not only are they the cheapest around, but you get the free shipping after you spend like 35 bucks or something. It's easy to do. Um, you know, but they actually beat Amazon and all these other places on price. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll actually buy from them. Last year, I bought a shit ton of stuff. And it wasn't until like fucking December till I got everything. Mm-hmm. I got my order. It took like almost two months. And it was, it was horrible because you'd email them because you would you you would get like five day business five to seven day shipping and it fucking takes two and a half months and of course you are emailing their customer service and they just never respond to you and if you go on their Facebook or whatever it's nothing but nonstop complaints about that like guys answer your fucking emails is horrible and it's not just people that take advantage of the free shipping they burn the people that pay extra for the expedited two day shipping <laughs> it's like don't ever pay extra because you're not gonna get it and everybody right now is going off because. Uh, it's happening again this year and there's a whole bunch of pre-order. The big thing is people pre-order things like trick or treats, the big one and yeah. other people have got it 
and the people that pre-order directly through them, the loyalists, quote unquote, are still don't have it. You know, that's when you know you fucked up. If the pre-order is getting to you last, if you're the last person to get it when you got a pre-order, you fucked up. And well, the thing is, is when you pre-order through Screen Factory, they promise you that you get it. That's one of the perks to pre-ordering is you get it two weeks before street day. That's the incentive. And they're they're just way behind. They're not even making street date, you know, and people are mm-hmm. walking in and buying at places and it's horrible. It's horrible for their image. And they released uh I kind of want to read it, man, because it's bullshit. I heard recently they just said that they switched to a different company to handle all that shit. So maybe it'll be better now. No, they they blamed it on a manufacturing issue. But you know what kills me is it's the same shit every year. Like. They act like they have an excuse and it's out of their hands, but it's the same shit that happened last year. They always act like it's a new thing. Yeah. See, I've never bought from them directly. I'll probably get the fucking Critters box set from Amazon. Don't, don't. See, they want you to buy from them, but all they're doing is catering to Amazon. Like, why? Well, I never buy from them. Only at Shocktober, of course, I just did. Like I said, I, I just bought a whole bunch of shit from them now, but now I totally expected. Like, I'm not going to get this shit for three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like whatever i don't give a shit it was so cheap i'm not in any rush but uh yeah dude i always go to amazon why because it's it's always they always beat them in price by about 10 bucks mm-hmm. and you know i don't give a shit about their lithographs or their their, their whatever it is they offer if you pre-order i don't give a fuck about the, it. the posters the posters that everybody complains always come damaged Right? Oh, yeah, really? Oh, go to Facebook, dude. It's a million people. Like, you guys, because everybody throws that in, too. Like, my shit came damaged, or the poster came damaged. Like, way to go. And, dude, their shit comes damaged. Just the movies in general. I told you last year, one of the things I got from Shocktober last year was the Amityville uh, trilogy box set. That's finally at a price that is uh, buyable for me. Like, just now, after all these years, it's been out. It was like 70 fucking bucks when it came out. Yeah, now you can get it for like 30 or whatever. But no, dude, it came crushed. Like it looked like ass. It was fucked to shit. And I'm like, God, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. It's just, and, and you, and it's not. And of course, like people were complaining about that in this particular feed. And of course, they intersect and say, "Oh, well, that's a mailing issue. That's the post issue." And I'm like, my ass, it is. Like it's fucking packed up, and you're packing. And when you buy, like in my case, when you buy more than one title, they put it in a legit shout factory box with bubble paper and fucking mm. no, it's they packed it, it all fucked up in this box. Yeah. Wrap that shit up better. So every I mean, no, every time you order from them, I I, I always get this image of whoever's actually boxing it up to send out. It's just like, oh, this looks like ass. Ha ha loser. And they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 this guy's going to be happy. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> just, they just put it in there. Yeah. You know, if Amazon's doing a better job when they were notorious for how they were fucking, like, uh, the packing company was working, like, the uh, Scream Factory must, they must have fucking heroin addicts working there or something. All, all I can say is vote with your wallet. I mean, people bitch and moan at them uh, on their Facebook and shit like that. Uh I'm guilty because technically I, I I still buy stuff on occasion. Of course I'm going to buy the, the movies I want to see. But I don't buy through them, man. Shocktober gets me. But 
Dude, I go through Amazon every fucking time, and I hear they like to strong arm and they play hardball with these retailers and try and get them to charge higher rates so they can get you know better wholesale prices and stuff. Uh, but they don't want to pay. Like a lot of these retailers don't want to charge fucking thirty five, forty dollars for a movie. You know, they shouldn't be charging that much anyway. They would sell so much more if they fucking lower the price a bit. That's why. That's why, dude. You could go. I would buy them brand new. Every time you could pre-order a movie from them and every title that comes out, a special edition is going to cost you thirty five dollars when most of them, if you buy them first day on Amazon, are going to cost 20. I'm not saying they always do, but they're always going to beat them by at least 10 bucks. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, So they're making less money from the retailers, obviously, because they want to keep the margins at a certain level, but they want to make more being the wholesaler. And they're like, hey, fucking, you need to charge more. And I get it. It also, maybe it makes their name seem more premium when the people that carry their product. Oh, fuck that. You don't need that. Just fucking make them affordable. And it makes it look worse for them, too. It's like, you know, when everybody's putting price tags of $20 on their new movies, it's, it makes them look shitty and it devalues their product when they want to sell it for 35 direct through them. Yeah, we're horror fans. We don't fucking care. Like, we look at fucking things like... Uh, uh, criterion collection and think fucking elitist pricks uh, charging fucking 40 bucks you don't need to do that shit companies are like that though like they care about their image and their branding and that you know they'll slowly start marking shit up if they see people will pay for it and it almost becomes part of uh, the the image of them right it's like you know we don't want to go down in price because it makes us look budget we want to seem like we're boutique, yeah. and it is bullshit. There are movies on the Criterion Collection that I love that I would buy, and I'm like, "Fuck that! It's forty bucks for one movie." No, like being John Malkovich, I've had in my uh, list forever, and I never bought it. One thing that really got me to actually do Shocktober again this year, because I mean, last year I swore I wouldn't do it again, but like I said, I don't give a shit if it takes time. It's because I've been wanting Return of the Living Dead 2 because I got the first one and I've got uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead 3. Obviously, it's not through them, but I've got those and I really wanted this one and I wanted it with the slipcover because my other ones have slipcovers because, you know, I actually care about that for some reason. Mm-hmm. And they were running it on sale for it was less than 20 bucks, like 19. It wasn't 1999, probably like 19 and change. And I was like, all right, for that, I'll get it. And they always guarantee you, quote unquote, if you buy a movie within the first three months of release, you're guaranteed an O card or a slipcover. And it came out like two months ago. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to lock it in. So who knows? Like knowing them, dude, I probably won't. It'll probably come without a slipcover and it'll be fucking crushed to shit and it'll just be a big thing. Mm-hmm. But I jumped on it. And uh, because the price was kind of affordable, if their shit was, if they priced shit at like 20 bucks, I would pre order so much shit. Yeah, I would from them directly, because especially if they're promising two week, if they got that shit straight two weeks uh, before street date. Hell yeah. And I don't need toys. I don't need fucking little posters. I don't need that, to be honest with you. It's cool to have it for certain things. But yeah, I don't need it. And one thing they should do, though, is give people the option like on some stuff. Like, can I not have that shit and pay less? Like, why are you guys charging so much fucking money for that title or whatever? But Uh, Here's what they said. I kind of want to read it. This is their little message. And they finally feel the need to address people on Facebook about the issues when it's just been nothing but weeks of people complaining and smearing their name. Like, where the fuck's my pre-order? Where the fuck is this? You guys took my money. Uh, Also, you guys promise... Uh, you, just, you guys promised two weeks before street date if we pre-order and don't you think we should be getting some refunds or like partial refunds because you guys do nothing but lie and of course they're going to have to say something so they say uh, Wednesday 
Our customer service department has experienced the heaviest volume of inquiries we've ever been faced in the brand's history, largely, largely due to the recent forced shift in manufacturing, which has affected us getting you product uh, on release date. Your business and support is greatly appreciated, and we humbly ask that you please bear with us and exert some patience during this extremely busy time with several anticipated releases. If you have sent them a question or concern at info at shoutfactory.com, please be assured that they have received it, are not ignoring you, and are trying their best to respond in a timely manner. Thank you. All right. My ass. They See, every year they act like, oh my gosh, we, didn't, we weren't expecting to get this busy around Halloween and when we have the Shocktober sale and all the shit. And oh, we have so many upcoming highly anticipated releases. They're the ones that choose to put out so many highly anticipated releases in a small window to obviously make money on Halloween during the season while doing their big sales, while remaining short-staffed, and they act like it's new every year. Oh, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's fucking stupid. And it sucks because uh, they're doing good work. Uh, putting out, I mean, they're putting out good stuff that we want to see. Look how fat he got all of a sudden. Fucking fat-ass Freddy. That's Super Freddy, I think. But yeah, I, I feel bad uh, fucking shitting on him because they do that. And, uh, but the, they fuck things up. They need to fix that shot. All it does is, you know, with Arrow becoming more atta- obtainable stateside now, obviously, all it does is make people go over them. Because sometimes they have the same releases. You can buy Arrow's The Thing, or you can buy Screen Factory's The Thing, for example, right? There's, mm. it, it makes people go the other way sometimes, because people supposedly don't. I've never bought straight through Arrow, but supposedly people say you don't get uh, pushed from them. Arrow isn't so expensive when they first come out either, I don't think. No, and depending on who you go to, man, I, it depends on the retailer. I, I go to Fry's Electronics, and even if you don't have a Fry's Electronics in your area, you can buy through their website. Dude, their prices on Arrow shit is, is reasonable as shit, and they always run sales. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's bullshit, man. Fuck them. So, I uh- I was, uh, we talked over it, but she woke up and, uh, the room was dark. So I was like, oh, is this the, the version where they darken the room? But then I remembered, like, I think that scene was always dark. Was it the earlier scene whenever she saw the, uh, the feather floating? Like, whenever that scene happened? And I don't remember if that was dark or not. So we ruined that. We, we missed our opportunity. Not sure. See, look, why do you go bear hug is the mom? What's his problem? Why did he fuck that up? He fucked up with her mom. This this scene kind of looks weird. <laughs> why is she dramatically floating into the bed if it's the real world? You know? And she waves. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like, <laughs> he should be in the real world, but it, it's like for this movie, he still has paranormal powers in the real world, and they just never did that again. That is funny. She waved. She looks like a Halloween prop, something you put on your front porch for trick-or-treaters. That's why I like to think that this is just all still the dream, and he's fucking with her. Let her think she uh, got, took him out of the dream and shit. Yeah, that's a that's a cool theory. But this was all filmed before that ending got tacked on, right? I think this is part of the ending that was kind of changed. Uh, oh, to, really? Yeah. Oh, I okay. think so. I don't know, though. I could be wrong. I've always understood. I mean, they've never really elaborated. I just kind of always assumed that they were strictly talking about the very, very, very end, like between the school bus versus the car and the mom. Yeah, that was the biggest bumping of heads. But I, from what I understand, this was also reworked. Who was the one bumping heads about that ending? I mean, it was Robert Shea and Wes Craven because Robert Shea wanted to leave it open for a sequel. 
the possibility. But it's still left open for a sequel with a bus driving down the street. Yeah. It, it's still it's still left open for a sequel. He probably just wanted to send him home with one last scare or something. Who knows? That cheesy thing. I mean, no one would have questioned if Freddy was back again. You know? he Like, you don't... I don't know. I like that image. Yeah, this is very cool. The the wet and gooiness of his head is uh, seeping through uh, to the fucking outside of the blanket. I'll kill your cow. I always thought it sounded pretty uh, guttural. Like he should be in a death metal band. He should be in a grindcore band like Napalm Death with that horrible slobber. He should have been an anal cunt. Anal cunt, Seth Putnam. He's dead now, so there's a spot open for him. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was watching. Uh, I was watching the episode of. Uh, Mary Will Children with him on YouTube the other day. They cause eternity in the bathroom. Why do you think I love him so much? You're oh, I thought I thought you meant uh, the guy from Anal Cut. <laughs> I was like, they had him on. No, Robert Englund. <laughs> no, no, if it. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a goofy shot. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. And it's weird, too, because she turns her back on him and says, I take away my energy. You'd think that would work in the fucking dream world, but not in real life, because now he can, he has his own, he can fucking still kill you with his glove. You know, was that, um, do you think, I think by today's standard, that whole type of ending, like, I don't believe in you, I, I, I don't give you power, so defeats him, it seems like it's cliche now, but was it cliche when this came out, or is this, did this kind of, like, invent that? Probably not. That's basically what fucking the whole uh, series was based around. Like, Freddy vs. Jason, that's how he gets fucking known again. Yeah. That's his whole plan and shit. Yeah, I know. But being forgotten, now that's a bitch! Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. There's actually two different uh, endies. Uh, there's an ending where fucking uh, the hood comes up and it's just a normal hood. There's an ending where Freddy's driving the car. Uh, yeah, they ended up fucking making a couple different endings. It was subtly different, not very different. You know what? This ending would have been fine, too, if they just left it like this and they didn't have the mom getting thrown through the window, you know? She just waves and then it shows the kids. Yeah. Yeah, driving off and with the Freddy top. that That's kind of like a compromise. And the, the little girl is a nice touch, right? Playing the jump rope. Mm -hmm. Why Why couldn't that have been a comp? <laughs> yeah, it looks horrible. <laughs> Why couldn't that have been a compromise, right? If if they could have made it made the doll look a little better, it could have been. Uh, I, I mean, the effect idea could have been cool. Uh, I think that that's kind of what makes me think that that's the reveal that it was all still a dream, because he pulls it through the window. Do you think? Do you think after the movies come, you know, when when the premiere was out, do you think Bob Shea was sitting next to Wes Craven at the actual premiere in the theater, and he's like, when they watched the scene, do you think he was like, man, that. That seems so much cooler on paper. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks so much better in my head. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. it is one of those things. Like, you could imagine it maybe being cool in your head. Like, we're not going to mm -hmm. be able to fucking do this. Uh, I just want you to know we're going to have to use a fucking dick-sucking blow-up doll for this. But all right, <laughs> if you want to do that. And put a fucking terrible wig on it. The smartest thing in the world would have been to compromise and keep it all except for... Ended at the wave. Showed the little girls, you know, doing the fucking jump rope with them riding away in the Freddy Mobile. That would have got the point across. That would have set up a sequel, open-ended, 
and everybody would have been happy. It's not that much different than the school bus just riding off. It's great. You know, it's kind of cool because I do like the idea of not a happy ending because I think the original was just the school bus driving off, right? Kind of a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of like where Bob Shea was going. We're not a happy ending, but fuck, man, they went too far. They went full retard. <laughs> yeah. They went just a little past the, the edge on that. Mm-hmm. But it, you notice something about this movie. Oh, there's Sean Cunningham right there. Special thanks to Sean Cunningham, Sam Raimi, Jack Shoulder. There you go. That's very cool. Uh, but one thing you notice about this movie is how fast it went by. Mm-hmm. Right? It did. It goes by really fast. It's a real fun watch. Did you Did you notice something different about this episode with me? You were... Uh, I downgraded. I went to Zach Mark Three. You did. You were being less... Uh, you were being a little less beta. This time around, that was a comp- that was a decision I made, and I want the the fans to decide what they like better. <laughs> don't don't put it on them. They got the taste of the the new Mark Zach, and now they gotta don't 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 put it on them because I did notice, <laughs> and I was just trying not to say anything because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to address it because I didn't want to be like, oh fuck yeah, you're right, and like <laughs> I forgot to turn it on or I forgot to put on that hat, you know. I liked it personally. I thought it was perfect. Because you got to talk more. Now you could see the prick. <laughs> no. Well, I, I, I appreciate it on this episode because this is one of those podcasts where we do have a lot to talk about. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it, there's, there, this, it's not like Freddy Five where it might have been a little bit more justified because the movie is shit on a plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, there's a lot to go over. So I appreciate it. I don't know if it's a good idea to put it in the listeners' like hands as far as which way to go because you know that they're going to say, yeah, fucking just go full retard, Zach. You know? Full autism. <laughs> full autism. It reminds me of, uh, like, right now. That's what I like to call it. It's not Mark IV, Zach. It's autistic, Zach. Let's do it. it it's like Super Zach. It's like you drank the ooze, dude. Mm-hmm. And you become Super Zach. But I don't know. There's a place for it. And I think I think this this discussion turned out amazing. I think it was perfect. We had a lot of ground to cover. This is voted on. Right. Yeah. Uh, we want to We want to uh, if, if, if people wanted to hear us talk about bullshit and pick on each other. Well, we could have done that from the sh- on the shitty movie. That's probably what we're going to do. But mm-hmm. the one they voted for, uh, let's actually make it different. Right. But I had a great time, man. I thought this was a great commentary and hopefully you guys liked it. And I can't believe. We did this second to last. Isn't that weird? No, third to last because we still got four, technically. It's kind of weird. Yeah, should we let them decide our last movie, too? We put up two or three different uh, ideas? Well, we'll come up with a couple of ideas. There, I I had a couple of video commentaries I wanted to do, like short ones. Like, you had the King of the Hill like idea. That was cool. Mm-hmm. And I had the one idea I pitched earlier, the one cartoon uh, I kind of want to do those, so I want to make sure we have room for those. But yeah, let's do that, and uh, we'll, we'll do those back to back one night. And uh, okay. after we're done, we'll do uh, the fucking intro to what's gonna be the vault episode of uh, the original Paranormal podcast that'll come out Halloween night. Really? Oh yeah, we'll yeah. do that vault. Okay, yeah, why not? We'll have to call that BTM though to separate it from the actual deep end that it became later. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, rock on. Uh, I'm all down for that. So yeah, we'll cook up a few ideas. Uh, maybe we'll do the the last movie we do on Halloween for uh, a vote again. But let's not do too much talking about all that shit as to take away from the big event, which is Halloween night and the live one. 
the, what we want to focus on right now is we want you guys to vote. Are we doing Night of the Living Dead? Would you rather just put the movie on the screen and you guys can watch along with it uh, and it'll be up in post? Or would you guys rather watch, which it is more fitting, I guess, the original Halloween because it is obviously thematic with what we're doing this month. And you guys can just watch along with us on, on Shutter. I think it's on. So let us know. We're going to create, as of this being out today, there's a Facebook poll. There's a Twitter poll. and Or you can comment here on YouTube and we will tally them up personally. So let us know. Team Night or Team Halloween. Uh, Zach, do you have anything? You got something special coming up from Mac and Zach, right? You got your big Halloween episode. Yeah, we're going to put out uh two episodes hopefully and um and they'll come out uh we were thinking about the day before Halloween and Halloween, but maybe it'll come maybe the first one will come out two days before Halloween just to give us some extra time to breathe, baby. We'll we'll see, baby. Fuck yeah. Uh so as soon as Halloween or sorry, yeah, as soon as Halloween is over, uh I think November I want to do a, holly, uh, a holiday exploitation, right? We want to do a blitz for the Christmas season. I'm not so keen if we should go heavy with that in November. Let's kind of go full force in December if we're going to do full force at all. And let's kind of go back to a normal like thing for November. Yeah, we, we, we got a couple things written down to do for November. Uh, I spit on your grave, Psycho 4. And then let's see if uh, if uh, Gamer Guys wants to do Return of the Living Dead. We'll see, baby. We'll ask. Yeah. So we'll probably go to regular scheduled programming uh, as a breather to gear up for December where we'll kind of get more um, uh, in concept and spirit with the holiday. But I also want to say on that note, because let's keep November a little bit more regular. First week of November, Zach, we got to do a deep end, right? It's been Mm -hmm. months. I keep saying I want to do those more often, but we get so sidetracked with these podcasts. And I know they're sort of like the staple uh, but I really do love doing the deep end. Uh, I'm not saying I can do them every week, but I, I I have this grand dream of at least doing moving up to once a month. Mm-hmm. It, I keep failing at that, but it's okay. So I promise it's long overdue. First week of November, we're also going to have a deep end. That'll be my first priority as soon as we get this awesome uh, live stream up and done and Halloween is in the can. Uh, also, if you guys are new to the channel, Obviously, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and check out all our old content, man. We got fucking oodles and oodles of it. Uh, Old commentaries, old interviews. We got the retro rampage uh, playthroughs of of classic video games, which are great. Uh, Obviously, the aforementioned Deep End with Aaron Lipscomb. It's more of a topical podcast, a little bit more serious. Uh, And obviously... Head on over to Mac and Zach Save the Worlds. They got their channel, and uh, it's definitely more slapsticky. I think you guys would love it, especially if you like Zach. Uh, and don't forget, if uh, you prefer to get your podcasts, you know, sort of maybe the more standard way, check out the links below in a YouTube video because it'll have ways for you to get over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. We'd appreciate it if you guys give us some love over there as well. Listen to us over there if you could and would. But if you feel inclined, at least leave us five-star ratings and some decent feedback or some comments in the YouTube video. It all goes a long way. So just like and share with everybody you know, your animals, your grandparents. And uh, can't stress it enough, Halloween, 8 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Central. Vote for which movie we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. 
And go ahead and uh, give fucking uh, check out our Rated Horror Podcast. Uh, they just put out a Halloween episode. Uh, they did Monster Squad. Check out fucking Banana Laser. They just they did a Halloween H2O video commentary. Uh, spread the love, baby. It's a fucking Halloween. Let's uh, let's do it. Let's uh, let's uh, marinate. Let's uh, crossbreed. Let's pull our cocks out of each other. Put them in some other uh, horror podcast, baby. Couldn't have said it better myself. Everybody, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, puppets. <laughs>